This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to continuing coverage of the 2018 Canadian National Blind Hockey tournament from the Madame Athletic Center. My name is David Bastel. In a second, we will be talking to the panel about this game itself. But, man, when, when you break down this game itself, and the guys will get to this in a second, uh, it, it was Team Reds to lose for the most part. And uh, at the end, uh, two late goals, a shorthanded goal was the game winner in this game. Uh, surprise, surprise. You can't, you can't write stories until the games are complete. And if you were covering this from any perspective in the media, you thought for sure this was a red win and a big one indeed but black scores two with uh, three minutes to go and let's hand it over to the panel with brock richardson to discuss this more good morning brock thank you dave good morning and you took the words right out of my mouth when you say that that was uh red's game to lose i'm joined by uh brett wills cam jenkins and the king rockabina rockabina how you doing down there very well brock great to be here welcome aboard Quick thoughts, uh, guys, on the uh, game. Brett, we'll start with you. Well, uh, as we uh, we saw, it, uh, Team Red now has their back up against the wall. They need to win this afternoon at uh, 545 or 425 against Team Yellow to uh, keep their hopes alive. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. Cam? I think that was a great game. Goaltenders, they really shone today. Um both Weber and Prevo, uh, unbelievable performances by them. And for uh, Team Black to come with a couple of goals late in the period, I thought they were gone and they came back. Dave, thoughts? Well, I thought Team Black stole that game, certainly with the two late goals. But the moral of the story is when you get your chances, you'd better bury them. And Team Red didn't do that. They, scored, they did score in the second period, but... They had several other great opportunities, especially in the first two periods, but failed to capitalize, and that ended up haunting them. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back, uh, Team Red, from uh, two tough losses. As uh, Brett mentioned, their next game is at 425. Now, something special is uh, happening here on the Neutral Zone panel. Uh, Mr. Rukavina has retired today from his uh, other job and so we have uh, a little something from the crew go ahead slide it down over there oh geez thank you very much um what could i say i'm blown away here getting a cookies and cream cake guys you're gonna have to help me eat this i mean this is uh uh you know i always thought of myself as being sweet enough to begin with but this this, <laughs> this literally <laughs> takes the cake i mean uh, i'm blown away thanks guys and uh, don't worry, I'm not letting Dave retire from the neutral zone. That's not happening. No, he's not. Uh, no, 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 no. Nope, sorry, you can't retire there either. Uh, gentlemen, we got a battle of undefeated teams coming up uh, very soon. Uh, what do we expect from that game, Cam? Oh, man, I'm so looking forward to this game, and uh, I think this is a preview of what the gold medal game is going to be all about. Uh, you got Kelly Serbu on the one hand uh, driving the offense, and then you have Jason Yuha. Uh, like I said yesterday, uh, channeling his inner Gretzky, and he's going to drive the offense on the other teams. So uh, buckle up and let's go, and let's uh, get this game going. Brett, thoughts? Well, games like this coming up, uh, you could say flip a coin because uh, they're both evenly matched. They're both uh, undefeated, and uh, we'll uh, we'll just have to wait to see what happens. Uh, really, really excited to see uh, uh, two evenly matched teams, and uh, we'll see what happens here in the next 45 minutes. 
The one thing that I noticed in this last game was uh, there was a couple of uh, breakaway opportunities that obviously didn't happen because you got to make the pass. Do you think that kind of uh, changes your momentum, Brett, and what you have to do before making a shot? You know, and I was noticing that too, and um, I, I, I forgot for a minute that I was watching uh, blind hockey and uh, the fact that they have, have to make that, uh, that extra pass. And uh, yeah, it, uh, mentally it could really, really throw a, an individual off. But uh, the poise and uh, the character of every single player I've seen so far this weekend, it doesn't seem to phase them one bit. And the speed on that last goal, uh, Cam, by Sula was just unbelievable. Yeah, the speed in this entire tournament has uh, been phenomenal. And I was talking with David in regards to having to make that pass. You'd have a lot of breakaways. Isn't that right, David? Oh, no, absolutely, Cam. But getting back to Anthony Chulo uh, with that game-winning goal, it's uh, just the old line again, speed kills. And uh, Anthony was just able to get in there and uh, uh, beat the goal defense for the puck and uh, getting you know putting it into the net for the game-winning goal. And I, I thought after, actually Anthony was the best player by a mile for Team Black. I think without him, uh, I think it stands to reason they wouldn't have won the game. Uh, also on Team Red, who I thought was really impressive, he was all over the ice, was that Vianney and Deasy, number 14. Uh, and then when he took that puck off the off his ankle uh, early in the third period, I thought, oh, no, he I could be good. I thought that was the end of it. Yeah, I thought, uh, pardon the pun, I thought that could be a crippling blow for Team Red. But uh, he came back to his credit five minutes later. But it just goes to show you, blind or not, these hockey players are tough. You saw a lot of um, uh, special teams. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, what we saw on the special teams, Cam? Well, with special teams, um, unfortunately, they weren't able to convert uh, except for the very last play. But I think that was a shorthanded play. So, um, and they had a five-on-three as well, and they more weren't than able once. to convert. More than once, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, the power play or the special teams kind of weren't there today. And uh, like uh, Dave was alluding to in regards to Siula and the speed. Um, I was thinking that we might be able to see some more scoring on the um, special teams on the power play, but it just didn't happen. I couldn't agree more. Dave, what about you? What did you think about special teams in that game? Well, I think the biggest difference is, and, and again, I think it, it relates to the blindness, but I was saying to Cam in the third period, uh, you know, like say you watch an NHL game or even a uh, you know a Canadian Hockey League game or any level for that matter, you know, you see a lot of passes being dropped back to the point and, and, and plays originating from the point you weren't able to see that because the guys weren't able to control the puck and I think that's an unfortunate consequence of, of, of the blind game that you're just not going to see those precision passes on the power play the way you would say in the NHL Brett thoughts well uh, we didn't see very many penalties yesterday and uh, we, we saw a bunch this morning and I'm, I'm wondering and I'm thinking as we're watching the game how many of these referees have actually seen blind hockey before they actually had seen it this weekend and that may have had an effect on whether, why we didn't see very many penalties yesterday and why we saw a bunch today because maybe they had been talked to by the tournament organizers during the night to say, watch out for this and watch out for that and yada yada, you know? Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, it seemed like there was a little bit of, uh, a little bit of inconsistency with the, uh, whether it was a clean pass or not. With that, we're going to send it back to Dave Bastelez. He's going to tee up an interview. Dave? Thank you so much, Brock, and gentlemen, excellent analysis as always. Uh, let's go ringside right now with uh, Jeff Ryman and his special guest, the goal scorer, uh, shorthanded late in the third period. He's standing by with Anthony Chula. 
uh, and go one and one. Uh, was there a sense of urgency at all? I think with the point system that they're using in the tournament, it was real important that we, uh, got, we got a win in regulation, and we did, so it makes our game this afternoon a little bit easier. We can go out and we know we have some points, and we can just play our game, and hopefully that'll be enough. And going into to this afternoon's game, what tweaks do you, guys th think, do you guys think you need to make going forward into that one? More, some more pucks on net. We need to enter the zone a little bit closer together and get those good passes, um, and then keep up the hard effort that we've been putting in the past two games. Awesome. Thanks so much, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. And uh, Jeff joins us now uh, quickly making his way back to press row here at uh, the Madame Athletic Center. Uh, wh what a way to end it for Team Black, too. The two goals in under three minutes to play in the third period. That was the difference. You talked to Chula about the game winner. This guy was flying. This guy was all over the ice. He almost thought that if he continues to get the opportunities he got in this game, something's going to happen. And sure enough, they get it shorthanded late in the third period. Yeah, absolutely. When I was down there, the, you should have heard the team celebrating. They were probably the most vocal bunch I've heard this tournament. Uh, all this, the, all tournament, this whole uh, this whole time we've been here, Friday and Saturday, uh, they were pretty amped because they didn't want to go down. I mean, uh, I'm not exactly sure how the point system works, but they won in overtime. Uh, so if they were to go to overtime this time, uh, it, it could have made things a little bit different. Sure. So they wanted to get that win in regulation. Anthony Chula, obviously, with the game winner, shorthanded. Uh, great feed from Mark DeMontis. They were all stoked down there between the benches. Uh, great game to see. And I also want to welcome in the neutral zone guys who uh, have been sitting up here and watching uh, very quietly. Uh, guys, thoughts on that game? That was a pretty impressive game as well. We've been talking about all weekend how close these games have been. Definitely a lot closer than we saw in competition last year. Uh, Brett, what did you think of this last game? You know, and I, I'm going to go back to the refereeing again, and uh, <laughs> maybe I'm going to sound like Don Cherry here, but a uh, little inconsistent, and uh, well, I, I just... Uh, oh, Brett, come uh, on. I, I was never not, about the referees. I, 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 was, I wasn't a fan. Uh, it's never about the referees, Brett, at the end of the day. Well, You know that one call or this call, there's plenty of other teams or plenty of other plays that the team could have done to potentially win the game. So it's never the referee's fault. And when are you going to learn this? Well, they certainly made themselves <laughs> look available today. So, I, You know what? I have to agree with Cam on this, but I feel like you can't let the referees decide a game. And I don't think they ever do decide a game. It doesn't matter if it comes down to the last seconds and the ref makes a stupid call. Don't let it come down to that point. I mean, like, uh, we're in Toronto right now. The Raptors a couple weeks ago against Oklahoma City. I mean, uh, people were complaining all about that game, about uh, uh, the referees blowing that game, throwing out technical fouls left, right, and center. Um, but the thing is, you, you don't want to get, you, you don't want to let a game get to that point. Um, so I'm not sure if I agree with you, Brett, on the uh, on the referee situation, but it was a, it was a great game to see. And uh, um, Brett, I mean, uh, can't uh... Brock. <laughs> oh, Brock. Hi, Jeff. Yes, <laughs> I see you down there at the very end. Uh, I know you want to chime in on this. Uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, although the one thing that I will say about it is I'm not sure. There seemed to be a little bit of. Uh, unsuredness whether it was a complete pass and I and I and I will um, agree with uh, Brett in that sense but I don't think the penalties really um, you know you can't put it on the refs as we mentioned I'd like to see them you know make a little more of a definitive whether it was a complete pass or not because sitting up here I wasn't always sure but it was a great game overall and uh, good for Red for pulling it out a shorthanded nonetheless
And you, know, you, you know what, Brock, further to that point, when you listen to the play-by-play -play of this game, I, I think our announcers uh, that were calling the game also were struggling to determine whether or not there were completed passes in the offensive zone. So that's something we may have to look for in this next game. If there, it, you know, it, it is a learning process, right? I mean, uh, the referees are not used to calling these games on a daily basis. The players aren't used to playing with each other on a daily basis. We're talking about players all across North America coming in for three days in the middle of, uh, of a spring uh, weekend in Toronto. So there's, there's a little bit of a, a learning adjustment, but you're right. I, I, I hope that uh, there is an improvement in, in, uh, in that sort of call when it comes to the offensive attack of both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, I know this was your first chance of watching live blind hockey. What did you think of the pace of the game? Was it, uh, did it exceed your expectations at all? Uh, well, to be honest, Jeff, I, I didn't really have any expectations. I didn't know what to expect, uh, to be honest, but I was impressed all in all. And uh, if anything, uh, one thing that pleasantly surprised me, uh, there really weren't many offside calls in the game, I thought, or icings for that matter yeah. as well. Uh, you know, which you, you may tend to see a lot of in, in you know, in a, in a lot of able-bodied uh, hockey games. But uh, I was quite impressed all in all. And uh, from everything you guys have said off, Mike, uh, this next game should, sounds like it will be a humdinger. Yeah, speaking of this next game, I think this is going to be one of the greatest matchups of the afternoon. Uh, we have uh, uh, Kelly Serbu, his yellow team taking yep. on uh, Jason Yuha and Team Gold, although one of the teams is going to be wearing red because I believe what happened was uh, they didn't want yellow and gold going against each other because those are very similar colors. Yeah. So I think they made the switch just for that reason. Uh, but two MVP candidates going after each other. I feel like this is going to be a game that we uh, are going to be excited to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And two two guys that are, are no doubt, in my opinion anyway, going to be part of that selection process for Team Canada at the end of this tournament. So another thing I'm looking for, guys, in, in this one, and, and it's kind of a, a different perspective because they don't exactly play uh, against each other per se, but they are teammates. It's the two goaltenders in this matchup, yeah. both of them from the Toronto Ice Owls. Uh, obviously, from a competitive point of view, uh, you know, you want to get the better of the other goaltender, right? It's uh, your teammates and friends, yes, but when you're on the ice on opposite teams, uh, you know, you and I are friends, but if we're on opposite teams, I'm wanting to beat you, and I'm sure the competition factor is the same with the Ice Owls here in this tournament as the two goaltenders are split. Yeah, Joey Cabral, uh, we were talking with Matt before the game, uh, before the tournament even started today. Uh, he was saying that Joey Cabral has a good shot at making that team Canada. He's an, uh, one of those guys to keep an eye out for. Uh, yesterday I interviewed him. He uh, had a stellar game, even though they, they couldn't pull home the, uh, they couldn't take in the victory, but He's one of those guys you got to watch because goaltending has been, uh, to me, one of the most important parts of this whole tournament. Uh, very close game so far. I think yesterday, 3-2 overtime victory, 4-2. In the last game we just saw in this open division, a 2-1 victory. So goaltending is going to be key. Guys, I know, uh, Brett, you play goaltender. Am I correct? I'm a goaltender. How do you how do you think about these, uh, what do you think about these goaltenders? I mean, uh, uh, coming from a goaltender's perspective yourself, uh, is this something that we should watch out for? Well, the the mental poise that that these guys have is just absolutely phenomenal. I, I know for a fact that uh, their mental poise is a lot better than mine has ever been, and maybe it's something that I, I need to go speak to each one of them about <laughs> after this tournament. <laughs> absolutely, um, I, I I've never played goaltender. I can't really speak to that, but I I couldn't imagine the pressure that these guys have to go on from game in to game out. Uh, Brock. 
I know you're an athlete yourself. What would be the mentality that you would put yourself in heading into these games that are so crucial in the tournament? I think you just got to do your best. You know, you, you train and you know that the mental game is a big part of it. So you know your stuff and you just got to go through the motions before the game and know that you can do what you can do. And I just want to comment, this goalie battle is nothing. It's going to be a lot of breaking rights in the dressing room uh, back home when you play with each other because it's going to be there. Trust me. Yeah, and Cam, I see you shaking your head. you agree with them? Uh, absolutely. I think after this last game uh, with Weber and with Prevo, I think it's wide open who they're going to pick uh, tomorrow for the Canadian uh, Blind National Hockey Team uh, when they play later in uh, or later this year in October. I think it's wide open because the two goaltenders made some phenomenal saves, and I think it's wide open. So who knows who they're going to pick? And exactly what Matt Morrow said earlier in our broadcast is that he hasn't decided the teams for that Canadian national team that will be going to Pittsburgh in October. So I think a lot of these guys are going in, and again, with more mentality that they want to make this team. They want to make Team Canada. It's pretty prestigious. They want to go down to Pittsburgh. They want to play Team USA. Uh, so I think that's another element that we should be looking out for uh, going forward throughout this whole tournament. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.